And welcome to the Ron Johnson Discipleship Podcast. We are so blessed, so grateful you're tuning in today. We never want to take you for granted, and we really hope that these uh, podcasts are helpful in fleshing out what's going on in the world around us and then how to connect your faith, your Christian worldview uh, to to what's taking place so that it brings, you know, the, the end result is we want you to be a stronger believer in Christ. We want you to be clear in your own thinking so that you understand uh, how your faith impacts the world and how you navigate through it. That's the beauty of a Christian worldview is it helps us navigate and make sense out of the world around us. And uh, to that end, here we are again. And we were kicked off last week. You know, we're in a, if you, if you missed the, the last podcast, Pastor Andrew and I are uh, beginning to work through a really, really powerful book by a uh, scholar named Carl Truman. Uh, the full title is called, called uh, The Rise and Triumph of Modern Self, Cultural Amnesia, Expressive Individualism, and the Road to Sexual Revolution. Uh, as a, That's a long time. He's, <laughs> a, a long he's time. an academic. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's an academic. He's an academic. <laughs> <laughs> but for, for the rest of us, uh, there is an even shorter book uh, that, that came out. Um, that you can check out, and I don't have the name of that one on the top. Strange right? New World. There you go. So play world. off the Brave New World. Yes, it's the Strange New World. Yeah, but the Strange New World has a lot in common with the Brave New World. Yeah. We're going to get into that. Probably but, much worse. Yeah. But we were, you know, we were talking about, and uh, here we are in the midst of uh, of Pride Month uh, again, um, a month that uh, where we're celebrating things that we should not be proud about at all. We're celebrating things that, that our Christian worldview clearly condemns, uh, certain f- forms of sexual expression that are are uh, evil in God's sight and that do not lead to human prospering or happiness, uh, but actually produce just the opposite. And this month can cause all kinds of, you know, if you're trying to raise a family, as, as you are, uh, as I am and have done. I'm a little bit farther along than you, but you know, here you got young kids and some of the uh, mainstays of, uh, of raising small kids, you know, whether it's uh, Oreo cookies or Disney or whatever. Uh, uh, everybody now has, you know, got a rainbow somewhere and trying well, to... I'll give you an example. Okay. On my calendar, on my Android phone, yep. June, first day in green, first day of LGBTQ plus Pride Month. Yep. I can't get rid of it. It's on there. I tried it to deselect whatever it yep. is. Yep. It's on there. It's saying, hey, you know, whether you like it or not, whether you celebrate it or not, doesn't matter what you religious believe, whatever, whatever you that's true to yourself. Right. It's going to be that you even want it on your camera. It's on your phone. Yeah. <laughs> so. so somebody made that decision for you, and, yep. that, and that's how you got greeted this month. And yep. you know, we were saying this kind of behavior causes those of us who have a Christian worldview to, and are trying to raise children uh, to love the Lord and share biblical values. I mean, it's in your face every, everywhere we go. And, and, and for me, that causes a lot of frustration and anger uh, and confusion because what happens is you're, going, you're asking the question, and I think most of you can relate to this, how do we get in this place? In fact, we started off last, last week's podcast by the question, you know, or the statement, I am a, a woman trapped in a man's body or a man trapped in a woman's body, that 30, 40 years ago, someone would have looked at that and said, dude, you got problems. And nowadays, that's like normalized. How did? And the, the question we're trying to answer that this book discusses is, how did we get there? Mm-hmm. Because there's some major uh, generational, you know, pressures in raising kids. Like, let's just say your kid's 
Uh, we're going off to public schools every day. And maybe we're, we're in a fairly conservative state, but let's just say we live in a, a more liberal state. Your children are being fed a worldview that's diametrically opposed to everything you're trying to teach them as Christians. And they're going to be impacted by that. Mm -hmm. And you start to feel the pain because you're sitting around the table and you're having a discussion maybe about uh, this Leah Thomas, the transgender swimmer that would, was on the news everywhere and your kids are sitting there and you're having a discussion about that. And maybe your high school kids are giving you pushback and saying, well, just let her be who she feels like she really is. And you're saying, but she's not a she, she's a he, a confused he at that. And the whole point being, you know, now we got tensions even around our, our dinner table. Mm -hmm. Or we see in some liberal states where uh, in, by introducing all of this uh, transgenderism to our younger kids, they're very confused and also encouraged to even explore that. And so now you've got kids coming home and, and having a different gender they want to, or a different pronoun or a different gender that they want to be used. And parents are going, what in the world? You know, it's happening to my kids. Yep. So these are, and, and rightfully so, being terrified at what's happening to their kids. And, and if they try to just say, hey, we're not playing this game, then you've got liberal school systems coming down on them and actually taking kids away from parents. And this is a parent's worst nightmare. So I hope you find this these series we're going to be doing helpful because it gives us at least some, some uh, mental constructs to understand how you get from point A to point B to point C. And we shared, we shared last week, we've gone from a concept of the self, which has become totally sexualized, which has now become totally politicized. Mm -hmm. and, um, and how did all that happen? So we want to talk today about the modern notion of self. What did self mean in the past? What does self mean now? And then we're going to look at a couple of things that, that make up our understanding of self. One of them is this phrase, expressive individualism. So we want to talk about that a little bit. Uh, the second thing that we have to get into is how expressive individualism logically leads into the sexual revolution and everything that's that's happened in the last you know 60 70 years on uh, on that and then following up on that we get into this whole concept we'll probably get into it more on the next uh, next podcast of of this phrase social imaginary which is probably a new term it's, it's an academic term it's probably new to all of us but it's it's important to understand what that phrase means and how most of our people in our culture today are making decisions about all kinds of things. Um, and that's that cultural phenomenon about how we how we discern right and wrong in the midst of, of society. So you, you started by presenting a very practical problem that we're facing and yeah. to which one of the solutions is, hey, stop using public school to parent your kids, parent your own kids. Yeah. So that's, that's a very practical solution. And many solution. people, yeah. you know, we're, we're certainly not anti-public school. That's a decision no, that has to be made. But, but that's any a, school, charter school, private school, stop yeah. treating, stop letting the, the any school parent your kids, parent your own kids. Yeah. God given to you. Okay, so that's one. But the second solution we're offering is really understand the philosophical foundation to the school thought. And why is that important? Yes, yeah. Well, because, you know, your philosophical understandings are the like the <laughs> mental infrastructure that helps you navigate reality. Like you if I you know, we talk about this a lot that we sit down, we, we have discussions because the more we talk, I want to understand how things are from your perspective. Right. And you want to understand from my perspective. We cannot interpret society unless we realize that there is a a mental infrastructure there, whether people realize it or not, there are philosophical uh, 
cornerstones, building blocks mm. that lay the foundation of a worldview. You know, Christianity has those foundational, theoretical, philosophical building blocks. And guess what? So does all this LGBTQ stuff, uh, all the modern uh, sexual revolution, uh, the news media, all of them are operating from a worldview. And if we do not, if we if we cannot decipher the building blocks of that worldview, that the way one thought leads to another thought, which leads to another thought, which leads to a conclusion, then we'll be scratching our heads going, how come people are embracing this? Like, where did that come from? And I, and I think at the most practical level, we never get there, right? Because we're just watching the news and, you know. Yeah, most people aren't thinking philosophically. They're just wanting, yeah. you know, work, feed the kids, you know, yeah, but, pay and, your rent. And you can't blame them. Like Who's that, got yeah. the luxury to right. do that? Right. But people in universities, people in the media, globalists, uh, you know. Yeah, they fund money into these into institutions right. and that's they what they They create curriculums yeah. because yeah. they're pushing an agenda and, yeah. and we need to understand that yeah. agenda. So let's talk about self. Think about years ago or, or even from a Christian worldview. When we say self, what are we talking about? Yeah, I mean, I don't think most people, I don't sit around and be like, what is the true self? What is myself? <laughs> I just like, me, I'm, I know I'm me. Okay. I'm not you. I'm me. There you go. You're you, you're not me. And, yeah. and at the most basic level, yeah. I mean, that's what it is. Yeah. You are a unique individual. We would add made in the image and likeness of God. Sure. Yeah. So you don't have to go try to find your purpose or meaning. It's You have intrinsic meaning and value because you're made in the image and likeness of God. And fact that you're a self and I'm a self means that we're two individuals and we experience life differently and through our own personalities, our own giftings and all those kinds of yeah. things. Um, but the nature of self today is it, that's not it. It's much deeper than that. And as he points out in his book, it, it's really it, it's an answer to this question. Where do we find the real me? Like, what is the basis for determining me, who, who I am, who, who I am as a self? Um, what, where's the authority come from? As, as I just shared with you, yeah. we would say, well, you're a created being, you're a finite being, you're a dependent being, you're a being made in the image and likeness of God. So you'll never discover yourself outside of that, <coughs> excuse me, outside of that parameter. In other words, you, you, you come from somewhere, you're going somewhere and to understand yourself, you need to understand the bigger picture, but, but everything has been turned upside down now well so so i, I think you know we say stuff like you know we want you to become your best self we right. want you to um so it, it embedded in that notion is that there are false selves that that comes in uh sin and 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 slavery mentality uh victimization and stuff like that sure in our context we talk about how how sometimes how we express ourselves is not the way how god has imagined it but even when we say how god has imagined and we're presuming that our best self is under the decree, under the ordinances of our creator who created us, right? So, so, in, yeah. Even that notion, right? So, so there's, another, there's an understanding that a best self, it's like taking a test. There are right answers and wrong answers. Right. And, and the and, best self is when you score 100. On, based on God's answers, based, based on, on yeah. God's decrees, based on the creator. Right. Okay. And that's and and that's good because you and I can share the same world together. And while you're unique and different and separate yeah. from me, we still realize that like telling the truth is always right and good. And loving your loving your neighbor uh, the way Christ describes love, or behaving sexually the way the Bible describes that, or, that's what it means to be a good person. And when we say when we do something great, when you do something uh, accomplished and that benefits many people, you say, "Well, the glory doesn't go to me. Don't make the statue of me. 
The glory goes to God because the gifts and the blessings comes from God. I mean, so sim- he's the standard. He's the standard. These simple, de- simple things we declare reflect how we view ourselves. You know, we're subservient. We're servants of the Most High God. That's embedded in what we say. We, I don't go around like, well, theologically. Someone said, hey, Andrew, did a good job. I'm like, well, theologically. is really. <laughs> we don't break all that down, but embedded in all that belief is like we believe we are under the ordinances of God. Well, and for years, whether, whether people admit it or not, that we were really, when we talk about being a part of a Christian culture, yeah. we're talking about being a part of a community that basically saw reality the same way yeah. and recognized that behaving that way was wrong, behaving this way was right, acting that way was not virtuous, acting this way was yeah. good. We encouraged that. We punished that. All of that's been turned completely on its head. Mm-hmm. And so when we talk about self now... <clears throat> How would you describe what? What's the main driving force for for how a person determines who they are now? Well, I think the, the easiest way to say it is you simply remove that that ordinance, that that authority of God. And you remove that, and everything goes haywire. Now, now there is no authority from 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 external, a yeah. from an external source, right? From a transcendent source, you become your own authority. You create your own meaning. You decide what it is in there. And man, it's crazy out there when that happens. Well, when you bring up a good point, so so really, what's happening now isn't anything new. It's really, in some ways, the flowering of what happened all the way back in the Garden of Eden, yeah. because uh, you know. Here you had God who created Adam and Eve and went in fellowship with Adam and Eve and explained, you know, that he, was, he was the source of good and evil. They didn't need to eat from the tree of good and evil because God was the standard and would teach you what was right and what was wrong. But the, the, the lure and the lie of the enemy is you don't need God. You know what's right for you. Who is anybody to tell you what's right for you, right? You, you, you're the own source of, of authority. And, what, and, and here's the tricky part. What you feel is true and is right, irregardless of what anybody else thinks or says. In fact, any outside institution, whether it's the church, the state, education, anybody who wants to try to impose a standard on you is doing so from the position of, of bias and prejudice and, uh, and their, their authority should be rejected. Because you are your own authority, you're the, you're the captain of your own ship, and like I said, this isn't so much new. But what's crazy is how our feelings are now given absolute authority, and uh, and I don't know that we've ever seen it <laughs> at this stage of, of blossoming in our culture to where it's almost insanity when you're looking. Well, at it's, it's it's insane because you you practically don't apply this to <clears throat> excuse me any other arenas of life. So, for example, yeah, I work point. for you. I don't feel like coming to work today because I, my true authentic self is that I want to be late today. Or I just don't want to come to work. Right. Are you going to be like, well, I'm going to embrace your true authentic self. Well, I'm a student. I don't want to do this homework today. Yeah. There's my true authentic self feels that this way. Well, that's not acceptable. It obviously, it doesn't work on a functional basis, right? right. I mean, my, my four-year-old was like, I don't feel like listening to you today. Uh, I don't care about how you feel. <laughs> you know, right. there's a greater authority. Right. Practically, that doesn't make any sense. And right. a greater reality that we all share together. Yep. So if you just feel like you don't need to come into work today, and then the other thousand employees that a company has feel the same way, they're not in business very long, and you're all starving to death because there's no paychecks coming here. And way. the government basically said you can't fire them because they don't 
because that's how they feel. That's their true, authentic sure. self. That, that would be the government enforcing the new authority, which is you or me. Or but my they feelings. apply to other areas of life. Yeah, <laughs> they don't apply in that area. But what about areas of sexuality? You know, yeah, right? And that's and a whole other yeah. And we'll get into that because yeah. th- this is you bring up a great point. The modern self, he says, assumes that society at large, in other words, all the rest of us, mm-hmm. will recognize and affirm these inner feelings of yours. Yeah. So self becomes what is defined as expressive individualism. So this, this is the big one. So you, you point out we're very selective now, but in the area of sexuality, uh, which, which makes up the ex- expressive individual, individualism, in that area in particular, how you feel is the real you. And now, even if I disagree, like I feel that the real you is confused, you feel that the real you is uh, is finally coming out, right? Um, the government says, no, you need to celebrate Andrew's feelings and, and embrace Andrew's feelings. And Andrew needs to be able to express himself publicly however he feels because that's part of being the authentic self. Um, and um, and this uh, we've never been in this place before where every radical individual who, whose feelings must be validated uh, we all have to try to navigate this new arena, which is impossible. It's possible to do. You can't. You can't have six billion people on the planet being authentically true to themselves and somehow live together in utopia. It just doesn't work that way. Well, it's already hitting the boundaries of reality. Uh, I don't know if you saw. I think there was like a school that embraced that one kid who think he's a dog or something like that. Or, or, or was, I don't remember the specific examples. Um, but what I saw the YouTube video was uh, a father like. Uh, spoofing a um, school board meeting and basically says my son feels like a lizard so I mean he's not for real he's just he's just uh, right, he's, right. he's creating a mock he's, he's, creating, he's pushing, pushing the logical extreme and he was there. talking about how he uh, wants the school to become the classroom become like an aquarium or a terrarium or whatever right. it is and increase the humidity level and blah 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 to accommodate his son who feels like he's a lizard <laughs> or, or you know and it was <laughs> to a certain degree but it's pushing exactly what you're saying it's that boundary of like at what point do we keep entertaining people's feeling in terms of their deep identity and, and what point do we say? No, we no, we can't accommodate that. Do we? Do, so we accommodate if it's a mammal. I'll be an ape. You can be a dog. You can be a cat. You're good. But if you're a reptile, then no, that's too much. I mean, where's the line that you draw to say, hey, you know what? That doesn't no longer conform to reality. You know, now you and I have a line. It's like you're conformed to your biology. Is your, do you have a human DNA or do you have a, a reptile DNA? You have human DNA. I'm sorry, buddy. You're not a reptile. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I mean, the, our lines no terrarium cl- for you. <laughs> our lines pretty clear, right? And we're making light of it, but this is a serious question about the limits of expressive individual. And and we can talk about expressive individual a little bit. There is a degree of expressive individualism that's healthy. Yeah. And we're not knocking. We're not talking about authoritarianism, which like right. you know everything's dictated. Right. Yeah. But but where is that line that you want to draw? And let's have an honest conversation about how expressive should you well, be. Well, what you just did is you brought up. Another uh, legitimate example that when pushed to its logical extreme shows how ridiculous this position is. It's, it's logically incoherent. And, and one of the uh, fundamental tenets of a good worldview is it has to be livable. Mm-hmm. So if you got a kid in your classroom who, because he or she feels like they're a puppy, everybody needs to call him Spot and needs to pat him on the head and, and uh, scratch their tummy when they come into the classroom, uh, that... 
that's unlivable because the next kid could be an elephant and the next kid's a lion and the next kid's an, an alien from Mars. And, and uh, so anyway, this whole idea of being true to your inner feelings, you know, we could make a strong case that your feelings are the last thing you want to follow because they're so uh, volatile. Uh, they're so unpredictable. They're so one minute they're tepid, the next minute they're out of control. So you don't want you, you don't want feelings to have the final authority. But that's that is this concept of expressive individualism. It's a part of our culture today. I think it's even finding uh, expression in the local church because you, you know we cannot live in the surrounding environment without having some of that spill over into you know how we approach sermon preparation or how we approach the the worship service. I mean. So, so talk talk a little bit about what is expressive individualism. How, how does that how does that follow on this new understanding of the self? I guess we talked a little bit about it. But. Yeah, I mean, basically, if you follow the the train of thought, if is your true self, your best self, your most authentic self, the self that needs to be like authenticity in general is a good thing, right? Right. Authenticity is saying, hey, you know what? Who I who I am inside is who I'm expressing outside. Right. So you know what? If if, if I uh, when I if I struggle with this uh, this issue inside, but I pretend I never struggle with it, people will call it hypocrisy or two faced or and we understand all right. that, right? And authenticity in general is saying, hey, you know what? I'm going to be real. I'm going to be real. Yeah. But the old real, because we just did a series, yeah. as you know, on uh, on guilt and shame. Mm -hmm. The old understanding of authenticity was for a person to be able to share what they truly felt in an atmosphere that was safe, not for validation of how they felt necessarily, but thank you for sharing. Now let's deal with the issue. Yep. So if someone says, I hate you and I want to kill you, we would say, thank you for being honest, but let's deal with right. the anger. They're like, oh, I got it out. Now everyone knows. Great. Yeah. I'm going to keep hating you. Right. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not going, oh, thank yeah. you. Yeah. You know, go ahead. Well, now I know why you stare at me like that. No, true authenticity comes with a purpose, with a trajectory. True authenticity is not the mean, uh, the end. It's a means to get yeah. to healing and restoration, right? Yeah. So, right. so we we want so in church we want yeah. an authentic culture. But if someone says, you know, I I uh, am attracted sexually to men. I want to have sex with another man. In fact, I am living in a homosexual relationship with another man. In the church, we don't say, "Yay, thank you for being authentic." We celebrate who you are and what you're feeling. We say we call that we call that repentance and we call that confession of sin. We call that being honest about it. But we don't embrace what God does not embrace. We embrace you as a person. We embrace your authentic sharing of your feeling and your struggles. We do not embrace your behavior. And we embrace the fact that when you can be authentic, then you open up the door to be healed. Confess your sin to one another and pray for each other so that so you might be healed. So you may heal. Yeah. yeah. For the healing, it's a process, it's a journey to it. But authenticity here is, is self celebrated. So in right. other words, whenever so, what's to be celebrated? What's courageous? What is what is uh, seen as the uh, enlightenment, the, the the best of ourself, is to simply courageously come out against culture and declare, "Hey, you know what? I am this. Everyone just need to look at me and just celebrate yeah. who I am." And in that's fact, our this this is the paradox. You know, you're looking at someone like you know this this example uh, that we just saw from from Leah Thomas, the transgender swimmer from. Uh, from Penn's swim team. When people come out as gay, we have this whole coming out of the closet. Um, 
we feel the need to celebrate them and put the word courageous on them. We're saying you are you are courageous because in the face of cultural norms or religious expectations or boundaries, you're throwing all that aside and you're coming out and you're saying, this is who I really am. And, and our culture today feels the need to put a badge of courage on you uh, and then to celebrate your, your courageous coming out, right? Um, so you're now the center of attention and authenticity, inner feelings, being true to yourself. We hear all these phrases. In fact, you know, read that. I thought that interview yeah, it, was, was a perfect example. And I'll be conf- I'll be real. Like for years, I was confused about. I remember when the SB celebrate uh, Caitlyn Jenner. Yeah. And SBs, of course, are a sporting uh, sporting award. award. You know, they celebrate for like best dunk and best sportsmanship and plus like these physical achievements. Right. And I forgot what award they give uh, Caitlyn Jenner, whatever the award was. But it, it, there was a sense of like uh, courage and we'll celebrate uh, Caitlyn and blah, blah, blah. And I was always confused. I was like, what was everyone was like, what's so bold and courageous about this? Because everyone's patting. Uh, him and patting him in the back, yeah. him, her, whatever in the back. Everyone was saying, "No, great job!" Like, what's the courageous part? Right, now, right. now I understand. This is what uh, Leah Thomas says. Uh, I know there will be scrutiny against me if I compete as a woman. I was prepared for that, but I also don't need anyone's permission to be myself and do the sports I love. Trans people don't transition for athletics. We transition to be happy and authentic. In our true selves, uh, transition to get advantage is not something that ever factors into our decision. So, yeah. so, so his point. I'm going to call him yeah. who he, who he is. Yes, uh, the right pronoun. His point was that don't accuse me that I just transitioned from being a man to a woman uh, for a an athletic competitive edge. Uh, in other words, I didn't do it for that reason. I just did it, as he said, to be happy be authentic to myself and then earlier he said uh, I don't need anybody's permission to be myself so it's very much I'm my own authority how I feel matters how I see myself is true and the world's job is to celebrate that and I, and I can't help but notice here he says I don't need anybody's permission to be myself or to do the sport I love he basically says to every woman on planet Earth who's a swimmer, I'm not even thinking and, and don't need to think about what my personal choice, the impacts of that on anybody else's behavior because the sense of community disappears because yep. yep. you, you you're not living in a community with anybody else who might share different differences of opinion. It, at that point, all that matters is you being true to your authentic self. Here, here's some more of the language. Um, your personal lifestyle choice. Uh, in other words, what choice you make has no moral connotation to it. It's just the fact that you're making a personal lifestyle choice that's right for you. Well, what's moral in, to her is her being authentic as possible. That is the moral high ground. Yeah. Whatever. What did you do that? Well, I was at least authentic to myself. I, I did it for me. I've seen people say this about like movie directors. 
They made a terrible movie that no one liked and was just like, why did they do that? Well, at least I did it the way I want to do it. I was authentic with this movie. Even though objectively no one liked it, it was a terrible movie. But at least I was real to myself. I was like, I guess so. I mean. That's great. You just spent billions of dollars and wasted everybody's time. and you. But that was that summer. Obviously, that's less intrusive than this case. But but those type of verbiage resonates in the same language, same sphere, you know. And again, we're going to talk about how the sexual revolution impacts the the uh, the self, but it, as as we pointed out, it's only in the realm of sexual identity. It, it like if I told you, hey man, I'm just being real. I love to torture puppies. Yeah, it yeah. is so awesome. Yeah. I love to torture puppies. Like, well, good for you. you, you oh, thank you for being courageous. Yeah, yeah, thank wow. you for being courageous. I you, and, one day you just embrace. You know, you've been held back those virgin the, those yeah, those desires, those desires for a year, but now one day you just being your authentic self. Man, it's just you're so bold and courageous. And, and all of out. you, all of you puppy lovers, I don't care what you believe. You you just need to celebrate the fact that this makes me feel good when I when I yeah. torture small. Well, there are laws against it. Well, there used to be laws against this stuff. So. We need to go to Supreme Court and change the law because we need we need authentic people who like yeah. torturing puppies. Oh, you don't you don't agree with torturing puppies? You bigot! What's the matter with you? You're you're just bigoted. I mean, we're making a crazy me? example, but but we're just pushing it to the logical end of this embracing. Your but there's a thousand, self. right? There's yeah. a thousand of yeah. those examples. There's a million of those examples. Yeah. But all that it matters for th- this to me is really the essence of narcissism. You know. Uh, I'm looking in the mirror. It's all about me. It's all about my choice. It's all about me feeling good. It's all about me being authentic. Blah, 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 blah. Basically, uh, to hell with everybody else around you uh, who might disagree or who or who's, imp- who's impacted by your choices. In other words, nobody else gives a rip uh, about you. It's all about me um, and me being authentic. So this is the whole idea of expressive individualism. And, and I don't know, maybe I, maybe we need to pause here uh, because we, we could ask the question, well, is expressive individualism all bad? Is there any redeeming quality? You know, most, most error is truth that's mixed with a little poison. So what do you think? I mean, yeah, where I mean, does this fit into the church? How is expressive individualism maybe an improvement from where we were 100 years ago? Well, I think the issue is we, culturally, we swing these, without, without the mediation of the Holy Spirit and scriptures, right. we just swing back. I mean, call human nature, we're so unstable as a culture. We swing back and forth to the pendulum. I mean, this is, to me, very reactive to authoritarianism, which is like, you need to conform to the state. It's all about the community so, yeah. because because the dictator says, no, because the king is, is good for the nation. I don't care that you have to be a brick builder, even though you have an awesome musical ability. Nope. Forget your, you know, forget right, your right. inner ability, your inner passions, who God made you to be. You got to be a brick builder for the good of the world and village. You're responding to this kind of very top-down, domineering community culture, which is all about what your culture says, all about what your parents says, all about what you know your society dictates, and you yeah. can't express yourself. You got to marry who I tell you to marry. You got to do what I tell you to do, and right. there's no expression at all. So there is, there is a, a swinging of the pendulum to author, authoritarianism, uh, rigid conformity, yeah. um, and all those kinds of things, which we could argue aren't really biblical in essence, you know, like the whole idea of when we're raising children. Mm-hmm. Yes, there are uh, there are biblical norms and biblical parameters, but every child is unique. It doesn't yeah. mean that one child gets to sin and another child doesn't. It, it just means that I need to understand how God's wired this child. And if I take an authoritarian, authoritarian cookie cutter approach to all my kids, right. 
it's not going to turn out well for some of them because they're different than their brother or sister. So, Absolutely. So we recognize, I guess I'm trying to say, we, we recognize the uniqueness of the individual. There, There is no other Andrew Ming on planet Earth. There will never be. You are absolutely unique. So am I. So is everybody who's listening. Yeah, we are not advocating for rampant collectivism, communism, which is all about the community and not about. But but there is a place where there's a, there's both. I believe in the kingdom of God. There is a degree of uh, individualism expressing right. the gifts and talent God's giving you. But God talks about the Holy Spirit give gifts according to how he desires. We're all parts. I think the body is a great analogy. Yeah. Right? We have, there's a common head. There's a common authority overall. Right? Well, Christ is the head. Yeah. But there's individual parts with individual expression. But what is the expression for our gifts? Right? You have you being given a great artistic gift, musical gift. Do you use it to celebrate yourself, elevate yourself? Yeah. No. It's for the body. It's for the head. It's for See, Christ. That's such a good, good point and a great distinction. So the gifts that we have came from somewhere. The Bible says don't boast because you, you have what you have because God is the one that blessed you with that. Yeah. So... The focus on even on my gifts or on how I've been created is on the God who created me and that there's, a, as you said, a larger purpose. The purpose isn't isn't narcissism. The purpose isn't just accept me for who I am because this is how I think I am. And this is how I think I'm supposed to be. The point is I've been created with gifts for a purpose to bless, to serve, to love, to, to contribute to the common good. I'm not expecting everybody else to conform to my world and to serve me. I'm saying, no, I exist to serve others, to bless others, to love others, and ultimately to serve the Lord. And that's that beautiful balance that the Christian worldview provides between uh, authoritarianism, uh, like communism, and radical, insane, narcissistic individualism, which is what America is is producing right now. No healthy organization cannot have both unity and diversity yep. at the same time. You're unifying across general, larger values and purpose and mission, but underneath these large banners of unity, you have diversity, like the United States used to be. Yep. We have diversity in the states, different state laws, but yep. unify under the Constitution. But when you start taking apart the Constitution, when you start saying everyone's going to be whatever they want, yep. we're going to embrace whatever has the largest microphone or largest pocketbook, yep. then the nation becomes fractured and becomes weak, which is what we're seeing today. Yep. Because there's no unifying factor. So, how are we doing here time-wise? Yeah, we should probably wrap around. this one up. Yeah, so so we, we, we tried to establish today that if unless you understand the shift that is happen in understanding who you are as a self, as an individual. Uh, you'll never begin to understand how everything has gotten so crazy in the world and so strange around us. Uh, to summarize, it has been a radical shift in how we view ourselves from simply two individual, different distinct uh, individuals to where now this, the locus of authority in America is not anything collective or anything outside of me, but it's me. It is how I feel. Authenticity is celebrated. Personal lifestyle choices, no matter what those choices are. In other words, there's no moral boundaries around personal lifestyle choices. It's just however I want to express myself. Uh, that's the new set of rules. And what we will kick off with in our next episode is how this expressive individualism has morphed into sexual identity and pastor and you highlighted this today that is the one area where there are no rules anymore very few rules 
uh, but certainly no moral framework. We're going to get into that in our next episode. We'll talk about the sexual revolution. We're also going to talk about this interesting concept uh, called the imaginary, social, social imaginary, um, and how it has shaped the atmosphere, the oxygen in which we breathe on a daily basis. I think you're going to find it very, very helpful as our goal, again, is to understand the culture so that we can properly navigate through the culture. So thanks for being with us. We look forward to being together with you next week. Uh, until then, have an amazing, amazing week. Love you guys.